Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Hey, Jared. Good afternoon. How's it going today? It's going pretty good, man. How's yeah. your day? It was a busy one. It was a busy one. It's uh, it's getting darker a little earlier. It feels like it's already... I hate it. Going to work and leaving in the dark. Right? Oh, it's rough. So uh, today we're talking about, I think, a, a kind of a distant conversation. We haven't even touched this one at all. No, haven't teased it? Haven't... No. It's very rarely in the news. I think so. If but, ever. Yeah, but truthfully. you know, there's so many downward effects of this entire industry. Oh, I- we're beyond dependent. The, the the podcast source that you're currently listening to, you are dependent on this industry. It's so it's so weird. Everything we touch daily is 100% Dude, on everything this you see, practically. It, actually, you're true. Everything you see. Everything you yeah. see in your daily, unless you're out in the middle of a forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we teased it a little bit here, everybody. For our listeners, we are talking about mining and the effects of mining. Um, is there a, you know, is there bad effects, good effects, how we are using mining materials? Um, but maybe, maybe what we should do before we even get into the mining conversation, uh, we do have a beer here we're drinking. Let's uh, quickly introduce it. Jared's already taken the first sip. I have not sipped it yet. Yep. Don't give, don't I give won't. anything away. I won't. Um, but we're drinking, uh, what are we doing? The, what, how do you, how do you say that word? I was honestly, since you picked it out, I was going to make you dance on the, on the podcast. So go inside it out. Beauregard, I would say Beauregard. Beauregard. I yeah, think it's sure. like a French word. Yeah. Beauregard, uh, blueberry sour ale. So we'll give you guys a rating and a little out bit of, more. Uh, about Lake Havasu city, Arizona. Cool. Arizona yeah. beer. I love that. love that. So, um, when you were researching this, Jared, uh, mining, what'd you think? But did you even ha- did you even know like didn't how- even know where to start? Actually, honestly, it's one of those things. As I continue to read, I was almost disappointed. I was like, "Wow, I should care more about this. I should have an opinion." I thought the this. same thing. I, I was get I was like getting into a, like I I ran into a rabbit hole for mining. Like I told you, I read that entire Britannica, yeah, yeah. you know, session seventy two or whatever it was, which is like an encyclopedia article. Which is why I read the abstract. <laughs> I read over the last three, uh, yeah. you know, three or four days. Everybody, I read the entire uh, source, and it is, it's probably like I don't know, sixty pages long. You know, if it was in a book, mm-hmm. it is extremely long. I, I feel like I could probably go open up a mine and get going on it. But anyways, let's get into maybe well, mining. Just to elaborate a little bit more, what is it? Kind of shame on me for you know, as I was reading. I almost had one of those duh moments. Like, of course, you know, that lamp that's behind you was not produced from the earth. You, or I'm sorry, from a, from a plant. Yeah. Right? It was like, wow, I didn't realize just truly how dependent we were from the cans that we're drinking to the microphones we're speaking into the to the your notebook right there with the spiral. I mean, that's, that's wild to me. Yeah. And so let's really quickly maybe just talk about mining into the future is what we're going to be calling this, uh, I think, this episode. Yep. And, um... The, the definition of mining for our listeners is the process of extracting useful material materials from the earth, point blank. So anytime you are taking any type of material, usually minerals, uh, think of gold, think of iron ore, think of um, Just silicon. Natural, natural elements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, think your periodic table. Exactly. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, your periodic table. If you're removing anything from the earth, that is considered mining. Um, we've been mining since pretty much the dawn of man, I think, yeah. um, from, from flint which was like the very earliest tools 
um, to, of course, gold was always something that everyone was looking for. Yep. Copper has been used for a long time. Silver. Yep. Diamonds. So yep. we've been mining for a really long time. So what we want to talk about is I think that mining always gets a bad rap. Everyone thinks, oh, we need to stop doing this. I, I don't know. That's what I hear. Maybe that's a general feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would feel because unfortunately it's a little bit more clickbaity if we talk about all the adverse effects. But I, I honestly think, because I would feel like you and I are, are fairly intelligent people, right? Yeah. And we didn't realize as we're walking down, as we're driving to work, as we're walking down the office, we don't realize how dependent we truly are. No. Now, great. If, if I had a, a magic wand and I could uh, erase all of the air pollutions that mining puts in and yeah. the water pollutions, et cetera, and you know, the, the land mass shifting, et cetera, great. Yeah, I would. Yeah. But I also like comfy chairs. I like nice cars. I like things that are not plant-based. So therefore I have to do a little bit of trade-off, right? Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one where I think, unfortunately, mines get a bad rap. It's very hard to open a mine, especially in America. It's expensive. Yeah. Expensive. A lot of upfront costs, a lot of regulation, a lot of hoops. And maybe we can talk about some of that today and talk about, you know, should it be that hard to open up a mine? Should it be more mm. difficult? I think that's a conversation that is worthy because I think a lot of the environmentalists, of course, will say, yeah, we need to make it harder if we should get rid of all of them. And then a lot of the capitalists may say, why is it so hard? Yeah. And that's why I think there's a little bit of a debate for nuance. So I actually don't think there's much of a debate. So I understand that there is a debate, but I don't believe that there should be Yeah. in that. I have a couple I, things that I'm kind of like, ooh, this is so, a little leery. But So whenever you create so many barriers to entries and hurdles mm -hmm. that, that you were just alluding to, you make it less desirable for yep. me or you, regardless of your newfound expertise in reading that article, <laughs> you, you simply just can't from a capital investment or a regulation standpoint or, or fill in the blank. There, there are a lot of red tape. There's a lot of red tape that you cannot open a mind. Yep. So therefore the necessary innovation to get these people truly competing doesn't exist. Isn't happening. Yeah. So yes, the problems with the water and the land and the, and the air. Yes. Valid concerns. Absolutely. But whenever you make the barriers so damn hard or worse, you limit the actual existing players currently because of through the regulations, yep. you, you, you all but stop innovation. Yeah, you do. And then you also open up, and this is a, an interesting, one of the things that I, when we get into it a little bit, um, I was thinking is, you know, as we um, put more regulations on, on mining in the U.S., all we're essentially doing is endorsing companies to go elsewhere where regulations don't exist so a lot of people you know if you're like oh in america we want to make sure we have clean water clean air which i of course want Duh. clean water clean air yep. for not only me but my children's children's children right yep. um but as we make it hard uh for mining groups to actually mine here they're just going to go to china to india to ukraine to australia who have very liberal mining policies right and so they're going to do that anyways so unless you think that those individuals over there are maybe, you know, they're all right with having bad water or bad air. We need to figure this all out together, I think. You know, I actually want to pause you right there. I love I love the train that you're going down yeah. there. But I think this is also a little bit of overlap to the conversation you and I were having the other day in that the U.S. is becoming a very service-based economy yeah. by us creating all the different regulations and barriers to entry into certain needed fields. Mining, manufacturing. Mining being one of them. So do you want to elaborate a little bit more and maybe give the points that you're making on in the car the other day? Yeah. So um, over the last 200 years, uh, the world has kind of shifted. Some economies have shifted 
Um, and what I was telling the Jared is it's kind of interesting because uh, almost every country starts off as an agricultural-based economy, meaning that you produce uh, food and you sell those goods not only to your uh, citizens but also to other Trade. countries nearby. Yeah. Trade. Yep. Uh, almost every country started on this type of thing, and then you build uh, most of the, the developed countries that we know of today, Europe, um, some parts of Asia, and then, of course, the U.S. market. Uh, they moved into the manufacturing uh, about 100 years ago. We became the foremost manufacturer of goods. We're taking um, raw materials, creating a, a, a unique good, and then selling it in the trade market or to the interior. And now the U.S. and some European countries, to Jared's point, we are now in a service-based economy, meaning that we don't produce goods, or we, we do at some some level, but our main um, worth or our main economy is actually based on services now. Uh, think of attorney, attorneys, think of legal recommendations, think of software, yeah. consultants. We're not producing a lot of things. We are literally podcasting-type people now where we just talk maybe provide some type of legal advice, whatever it may be. Um, but the challenge there is, is that we still need all of the manufacturing. We still need all the food production. So we're in a very unique position now where as an economy, we rely on everyone else where their economies don't really need the services. There's a tier. And fortunately, the strongest tier is on the bottom. And that's the agricultural, then manufacturing. Now we're in the service one. There might be one after that too. We don't know about yet. Right. Curious where that about. Hopefully that yeah. helps you out. No, no, it does. I just feel like that was fairly pertinent. Yeah. As you know, you, you mentioned a few of the countries like Australia, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the other ones that you mentioned. China, India. China, okay. It's just really interesting how it almost further supports that conversation that we were having the other day. Yeah. Because that, that was very interesting. Whenever you shared that with me, I, yeah. again, that was one of those things where I just haven't given much thought to, but as I continue to, you know, really think on that and chew on that one a little bit, I was, yeah, it's interesting how we are uh, evolving. So let's talk, maybe give everybody a little bit of background about mining. I think this is kind of interesting. When I was doing some research, there's really two different types of mining. So when people picture right now as we're talking, you're probably like in your mind thinking about uh, what would be called surface mining. These are large pits that are usually deep holes that usually have big truckloads of dirt that process ore, right? And, and most of the mines in the world are about these. These are two-thirds of the mines out there. Um, they're a lot lower cost to actually, um, you know, uh, start up and develop because you're not having to dig a huge shaft a mile or down, you know, into the earth's you know, surface. You're just essentially removing some dirt and then mining the ore at semi-surface level. The other one, which is I think the one you see in a lot of movies um, and, and is pretty well known in like the coal mining industry is underground mining. This is where miners will blast a tunnel deep underground, uh, up to 2.5 miles in some cases, and locate veins of minerals. This could be, of course, gold, could be coal, could be diamonds, and then they'll process it um, up at the ground level. And this is when you have those big mine shafts and the elevators. So those are the two different types of mines. I don't know if you were visualizing one or the other, um, but I think that's helpful as we kind of talk about this, there are pros and cons to both. So everybody thinks, oh man, I really don't like those <clears throat> open pit mines. Well, they're, they are an eyesore. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen one, Jared. They're they pretty are. ugly looking, Yeah, right? no, they, they are. Um, you, you, I got to see a factory that I'm like, ooh. I know. You know, so. Yeah. Or a building, something yeah. like building. And I equate, you know, factories to mines. So yeah. 
I, I'm not going to give any sort of, you know, thumbs down on, on the way it looks. Yeah, I think it's just like from a environmentalist, they say, well, hey, nature would have looked better without that big hole in the ground, right? Like, oh, the trees there or whatnot. But anyways, so they are an eyesore and there is some environmental effects there because, of course, you're clearing a lot of forestry, animals, things like that. Now, that's the negative part of that, which is fine. Now, underground mines. May, you may not even know it's there or it exists other than maybe a, like a shack on top, yep. right? And then some type of processing center. It looks like just like a like a factory of some sort. And then meanwhile, there is a shaft going down into the Earth's core a mile down. Now, you probably have heard, of course, about people getting stuck at the bottom of those and dying because of air, because of a collapsing of the tunnels. So those ones are pretty bad for the workers. Can be, yeah, absolutely. Right? And so you kind of have like a situation where... You know, one's bad for kind of like, you know, the looks, and then the other one's bad maybe for potential dangers that it could be for the workers. Yeah. So neither one of them is better. That's what I'm trying to get to. Like, there there are— Pick your poison. Exactly. Pick there are poison. issues with both of them. Yep. But the goal for both of them is to create the raw materials that we use. I don't know if you want to talk about some of the things that we use every single day that a lot yeah. of people don't realize have all these things in them. I, I mean, dude, I, I would actually want to reverse the— just to for the sake of time rather than me just listing <laughs> off essentially every freaking product in this room right now i would challenge someone maybe water i would challenge someone to just walk to their house and i bet you couldn't count on you know i'm sure i'm gonna have some yeah i, I can think of uh, you one individual that i know listens to our podcast who has a thousand plans in her house yeah so outside of those people you know, yeah. heck even in the pots though you know yeah, uh, pots. so i would challenge you to walk to your home and i bet you couldn't name five elements that there is not one component that came out of a mine <clears throat> Crazy. So I think the number is for your cell phone that's in your hand, whether you're listening on it or you're or you're having in your car Bluetooth. So there's 81 um, stable elements on the periodic table. Um, th- this is not including the uh, not nuclear, but radioactive ones. Okay. So like not uranium, uh, radium. Those ones are not included. So 81 stable ones. I think 73 or 72 are included in your smartphone. So 72, huh. including gold. Are, are, are in your smartphone that you are listening on right now. So just just kind of gives you an idea that, hey, you might think the mines are out there are bad or, or this um, open pit mining is bad. Well, do you have a cell phone? Because if you believe in not, not having mines, then you shouldn't have a cell phone. That's yeah. how that kind of works. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like a lot of, and we've had several conversations with you know people in our friend group, coworkers, yeah. et cetera, where they have these grandiose ideas like, oh, mining, you know, let's just yeah, throw mining. the subject this. Yeah. Um, in full transparency, mining has never came up in my conversation. But uh, all too often, you know, whenever it's talking about these, let's call them touchy subjects, because there there is no right answer at times. Yeah. You know, you have these opinions, but yet your actions and your practices throughout your day don't really support your opinions. Yeah. So if you're anti-mining, okay, then you shouldn't support the mining industry in any way to include the products that the mining industry helps produce. Because by supporting the mining industry, by supporting them, you're essentially increasing the value of those minerals, which makes them want to mine more. Exactly. So so what people don't really understand is, is truly the second and third order effects of their purchases. Bingo. Because your purchases is your actions to support the industry that that has evolved from that, right? It's a vote almost. It, in a way, no, 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 it is actually. Let's call it what it is. It's Let's call every time I buy a product, I am voting for a thumbs up. Hey, I believe in that for that a certain industry. company or a certain mineral to be mined, whatever it may be. You are voting for that to happen. Yeah, that's, I think like it's a 
That's very perfect, simple right? way to, to call what you, what you support. Yeah, exactly. You know, whenever you, you know, whenever you have a political candidate in office, you vote for them with your ballot. Yep. Whenever you have a product, you should vote with, vote your, with, your, with dollar. your action. Yeah. With a dollar or your action. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go over some fun stuff real quick because we're about to crack our second beer. But I thought I'd give you guys some funny stats here. So per year, I, I picked out some materials that we all, I think, are relative to. So per year, um, Jared, do you want to guess what the uh, the lowest mineral mined is? Like, like the which which mineral is the rarest, and which is the one that we mine the least because it's it's just hard to come by. I'm gonna say AU. <clears throat> AU gold. Yeah. No. Damn. No. <laughs> No, nope, but you're what? close. That that is pretty low. I just went for a precious metal. Yeah, I I had to think about AU. I was like, AU is gold, right? <laughs> I wanted to put you on the spot. Yeah, I could have thrown a little AG in there. Um, so no, it's actually diamonds. Oh, okay. So diamonds is the lowest amount. It's at 11 tons a year, which sounds like a lot, of course, to me and you. Wow. But on the scale of things, I'm going to give you right now. No, that is globally. That is not just the U.S. Correct? Globally. Okay, so good. 11 tons of diamonds are produced a year, uh, and it's actually noteworthy. 90. Eight percent of the diamonds that are used in the world are actually manufactured diamonds. So you're talking about those those lab created what cubic zirconium, right? That's, I don't think that's actually a real diamond or or, or considered a diamond. It's, so it is its own it's thing. Cubic so, zirconium. So there. Yeah. So there are, uh, uh, I guess, mined diamonds, uh-huh. and then there are lab created diamonds, and then there's also cubic zirconium. Wow. So I thought lab created diamonds and cubic zirconium were synonymous or interchangeable, rather. You know what? That might be a thing for our third person to look up huh. on the computer because I don't know for 100% okay, fact. Okay. I'll get to your point. I yeah. I'm not trying to derail that. I yeah, just... no. But anyways, so anyways, uh, 98% of the diamonds are manufactured, and most diamonds are actually used for industrial purposes, drill bits. I would say uh, diamond drill bits. Exactly. Yeah. Drill bits, uh, blades, things a like lot that. Of the, a lot of construction companies. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Construction uh, equipment. I have I'm diamond sorry. blade stuff like yeah. in my own garage, right? Yeah. So most diamonds are actually used or are created. So anyways, 11 tons. I'll give you another fun one. You mentioned AU. Yep. Uh, 3.3 thousand tons. So not that much. So 3,000 tons a year. This is just so to give you, give you kind of like a, a, a visual, because I think visual, because that's... Yeah, absolutely. How, how do yeah, you do that it? helps. It's an 18-foot cube. 18 by 18 foot? 18 by 18 by 18 foot cube. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. I'm trying guess to picture how much that, that right I guess how much that 18 by 18 foot cube is worth, Jared Jones? Oh, shoot. $170 billion. Oh, I wasn't going to go that high. $170 billion in gold is mined every year to give everybody a perspective. Now, remember, every single smartphone out there has gold in it. So it is absolutely required huh. for almost everything. It is a perfect semiconductor in many cases. It is a fantastic conductor. Um, so it is used in a lot of um, computer elements. I'll uh, give you a couple more, and we'll keep on moving. We are in Arizona, so I think copper is important to the state. Copper state, baby. Right? We are the number one producer of copper in the U.S. We produce um, a vast majority of this, but 20 million tons of copper are produced every single year. And you may say, oh, my God, why do we need that much copper? Every single house. I was going to say the wiring, yeah. Has 500 pounds. Every house produced. Or, all, or the plumbing, all the plumbing and wiring, plumbing right? and wiring. People don't realize there's yeah. a lot of copper that's used for just. I didn't household. realize. I didn't realize there's 500 per per house. 500 pounds per house. So you can wow. see how this can scale. Imagine a big building. Holy smokes! Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, last one I'm going to give you because actually no, there's two more. I'm sorry. Iron ore yeah. is what we yeah, we of course yeah. So 2.5 billion tons um, are produced. Here's the weird thing. 
not one bit of that, or small little bit, I should yeah. say, is produced in the U.S. Everywhere else, iron is produced. Wow. Right? So Australia, China, India, Ukraine are the biggest producers of, of uh, iron. We are like a hundredth on the level of creating iron. So iron, of course, for everybody listening, is the number one component of steel, which is in everything. Steel is huge. Yep. Any type of steel alloy. Last thing I'm going to give you is the largest mined item. This is crazy. So I gave you iron ore, which is number two. I would never have guessed this. I'm actually really shocked that it that it wasn't iron. It's number two. I know. This is an item that you don't even think is mined, but it is. It is the number one in most economies are actually judged on their health by how much they're mining of this item. What? 50 billion tons a year. Sand and gravel. Sand and gravel is the number one mineral that is mined. And you may be thinking, well, hey, what about all those Sahara sand dunes or those beaches? Nope, that is not the right type of sand. Ah, uh, there's so they're talking about like sand for concrete. No, uh, yes, or, okay. yes, sand for concrete, sand for um, leveling, sand for yeah. construction purposes. It is the largest by far. Remember, iron was two point five billion, fifty billion tons a year is mined. Wow, and, that's interesting. And and so you're just thinking of digging a hole for some sand. That's the biggest part. So again, just throwing some fun numbers out there because I think no, that's, that's just uh, pretty interesting stuff. The eighteen foot by eighteen foot by eighteen foot cube. That's uh, that's kind of interesting. It's not that big, and you're digging huge holes to get that gold out to have your smartphone, yeah, have your computer, yeah. right? Wow. So, anyways, hey, uh, we are breaking open our second beer here. Yeah, man. So uh, I, I guess want to give it. A I guess it's uh, rating time, huh? Yeah. What are we thinking? So uh, I don't know if you want to, you know, maybe dress it up a little bit as far as, you know, do a quick little introduction. Yeah. So little uh, can. Yeah. Um, Beauregard, blueberry sour ale. Uh, it looks like it's from Lake Havasu City, Arizona, which from all of our listeners, you guys know that we're from Arizona. Lake Havasu is a, a bit off the beaten path from where we are. Um, it's canned and brewed by College Street Brewhouse, uh, which is a pretty cool little name. 4.3 alcohol per vo- uh, volume in this 12 ounce can. Um, let's see here. Dude, I don't know if you have the little hashtag. It it's almost looks like a stamp on the bottom of the can, but it says hashtag Jack of all trades, master of pun. Oh, wow. And that. because of that, I'm going to increase the score just a, a smidge because it is a blueberry sour at the end of the day. It is. And then also the pack it in, pack it out. I think that's cool. It is. Because I think cool. having a beer on a, on the top of a hike, I know you and I have done that several times. Oh, I yeah. think that is kind of cool. So... I'm going to give one little thing here to you on the side of the can here. It says unfiltered, tart, and sassy. Oh, yeah. I think this honestly is exactly you. It this is. This can <laughs> is you, Jerry. You know, I have, I have often been classified as unfiltered, <laughs> tart, and, and sassy. sassy. They, they almost are all the exact same <laughs> if you think about it. All those words mean the same thing. Yeah, so uh, yeah. give it a rating. Overall, I'm a fan, so I'm going to give you my rating. It's going to be a little over yours because I love I it sour. It is, yeah. Honestly, man. I seem to like this mission. I think it's cool with the pack it in, pack it out. I can get on board with a natural, uh, or I guess I'm sorry, a local brewery. I, I like the I like the message, but I'm I'm judging hopefully the the taste. contents of it, the taste. <clears throat> I would never spend my hard earned money on on oh a sour ever, gosh. never. Um, now, if they decide to sponsor us, I'll change my tune and I'll get a freaking tattoo of this. I bet, but um, I would say an honest one eight. Oh, wow. One nine. Yeah, one yeah. eight. One eight. So when we all started, every, everybody, Jared actually took the first drink, and he, I thought he was actually going to spit it out. 
I um, came close. That's why I talked for a little bit because he was trying to digest it. Yeah, that, that was Cody dancing. If you notice that he talked a lot more in the beginning because I yeah. took a sip and he couldn't talk. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say shout out to College Street Brewhouse for making a fantastic brew. If you like a sour yeah. and you like some actually like a little bit of kick there, um, I'm going to give this like a 4-3. Oh my gosh. Maybe that, a 4-5. That, that actually, actually might be your highest. I think so. It's a 4-5 actually. I actually want to go back and listen because that may be your highest beer. I think it's a 4-5. So if you have oh the ability my. to buy a Beauregard Blueberry yes. Sour Ale, uh, whether directly from College Street Brewhouse or from your local Fries or Kroger, I recommend you go get one. You, you know it is be, fantastic beer. You know what would actually be kind of fun? You know how uh, we, we sometimes do those little, um, what am I looking for? Those little uh, polls, if you will, those like yes and no questions on, on oh, Instagram. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun because I feel like our listeners know by now that I'm team IPA all day long. Team IPA blonde, I guess. Team sour. And then your team porter and sour. I know. That'd be kind of fun to just, you know, watch and vote. That'd be great. I'd like that. Okay, get back to mining here. Yep. So um, I, I ran you through some fun stats. Uh, I don't know, Jared, do you want to cover anything about maybe the background of mining at all? Or do we want to move into maybe different perspectives on mining now? You know, I feel like we, we kind of positioned it well enough. I'd say now let's start to get into opinions and maybe ways forward and, and how we can maybe improve this. Yeah. So <clears throat> the one thing I came across, and I don't know if you were able to see this one, but um, in, in my digging, one of the things that um, a lot of environmentalists point to um, in the, I guess, saying that we don't want to have mines or we don't want to have these types of mines is that they're always stating that it's going to have a negative environmental effect yeah. in the aspect of either the disruption of the natural environment. I was say deforestation. Yep. yep. Or uh, water. Yep. I guess a lot of mining requires a ton of water to actually be have an active mine. Yes. And so there's normally a, a lake. Well, it's also the pollutants yeah. in the yeah that, exactly. that the mining causes in the water as well. So, so maybe talk me through it. Maybe maybe bounce some ideas off me around if you're going to be a mine operator, you're going to go and invest a billion dollars just to open your copper mine here in mm-hmm. Arizona. That's probably the what you have to start out with. Mm-mm, wouldn't be too far. Yeah. Either. So let's say I'm going to start out with a copper mine, and now I'm going against a couple lawsuits from environmentalists. Because they're like, you're going to clear 2,000 acres of desert land, um, and you know that's meant for animals, that's meant for our love, yeah. you know, it's U.S. forest land, and you're also going to dam up a river or something like that. What should they be able to do that first off, or or should they, are the environmentalists are they pushing back where they shouldn't? What's your thinking on that? What's your opinion? You know, <clears throat> that's one of the great things about these subjects that we covered is I can put myself in several different shoes, There's several different points here. of views. Yeah. And I'm like, I can see their point. Yeah. The, the fact that, you know, a mine takes tons of deforestation. Yeah. Tons of water. Yeah. The, the outputs pollute the earth. Yeah. The outputs pollute the water that's nearby. Right. A lot of adverse. But then with anything, I feel like you just have to do a cost benefit analysis. Right. Yeah. Where are we going to get that stuff anyways? And yeah. it's like, Hey, um, you know, I'm sorry. I feel I, I, I gotta say I, the, the benefits far outweigh the cons. Okay. I, I, I think the environmentalists noted, you have a point. If there are efficiencies to be gained, if there is technology that we can invest in, if we can figure out a way to incentivize, um, certain practices, certain, um, drilling techniques, certain mining techniques, whatever it is, if we can gain those efficiencies to where we limit the water yeah. pollution and air pollution and deforestation, et cetera. I'm all for that. But right now, I don't I don't think I do a thing, honestly. I, I think 
I hear them out because honestly, that's just what a lot of people want to hear. And I think they would really appreciate just, you know, having a voice yeah. um, rather than just kind of, you know, s- set up and shut down a color. Yeah. But I think honestly, just an honest conversation just needs to happen. Like, hey, what do you want me to do? Yeah. What in the hell? Like, how did you, how did you drive the protest over here with your car? Well, you need that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think I would, I would change a thing. I honestly think I would welcome a, a conversation to see if there are technologies that maybe we're not, we're not exploring good yeah. enough or so, implementing. So environmentalist says, hey, um, well, you're going to put arsenic and mercury in the local stream and river that flows in the aquifer that could poison, uh, let's say, a million residents yeah, of Tucson, Mer- Arizona. Yeah, mercury is a huge deal with output in mines. Yeah, and arsenic as well. Yeah, yeah. So those are the top I, I, two. I, I don't remember arsenic. I don't remember that, but I remember mercury was, yeah, was so incredibly prevalent. That is an issue where it does get into the water supply. Now, there are certain regulations and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> From a mining perspective, if I have to filter water, that costs money. Yep. That increases my cost, cost for yep. the for the per ton. I think most of it's based on like per ton per hour per worker or whatever. That costs me more money per ton. And at a certain point, so let's say, you know, the EPA who does most of these regulations or the environmentalist groups, they come down and they say, Hey, you now need to filter out all the mercury and you need to store it in certain barrels. And they're like, okay, well now every single ton of gold is three times the market value that when I produce it, so I can't produce it anymore. So how do I fix that You know, there was a a highly elected official that said that if we tax these corporations and make these Mm. reservations that they would not be passed on to the consumer. They just said that like a couple weeks ago. They did say that? Yeah. So they said that if we tax them or we add additional regulations... That it would not be passed on to the consumer. Who pays for them then? Because someone has to pay the uh, worker. Evidently, the, the owners, the stakeholders are just going to eat eat into their profit margin. Well, they're, the mining's thin. Yeah. Mining's thin. But anyways, that's yeah. kind of a weird one, right? Where I don't want arsenic in my water, though. I don't want I don't want mercury in my water. So how do you give them essentially the tools to do that? Do you just say, hey, if you can make as much big as much mess as you want, we're gonna come in and clean you, clean after you can't do that. No, no, because then you're you know over you're abusing you know the EPA, right? Yeah. So the mining companies would abuse that power. So how do absolutely you, there's like an even tilt, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what the even tilt is, man, because it's one of those things where. Look, do I want to be drinking mercury? Heck no. Yeah. Right? Obviously. Yeah. We would die. Yeah. But I'm almost thinking if if we... There's, there's got to be something to where we, we can almost like so I have petition idea. off, I you know, sections of, of our country yeah. to where like, hey, this will be, you know, controlled, if you will, to where the river will only be used for mining yeah. and this is where you mine. And then I, I don't like it, but... So here's the weird thing with mining is that it's random. The ore is random. I understand. You, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like I'm a mining company and I and I actually looked up these numbers. This is crazy. Some mining companies, especially the ones in Canada, I guess those are the big ones. They will bore like a, what they call pilot holes. Tens of thousands into the hundreds of thousands, some of these companies, a year. Which they just go into random areas. Oh, so they do the gold as well. Yeah, they just kind of dig it back up and look for particles, right? Well, I think these guys are actually taking like a machine. They call it a pilot hole, and they dig down like a hundred feet, and they pull up like a, a and they do a sample of the dirt. A sample. Yeah, and they'll do this, like I said, tens of thousands of times with 
you know, 999,000 times fa- fa- failing. Isn't that crazy? Right. So there's a lot of costs just, and then all of a sudden that one time it lands. Now that one time, unfortunately, when you said we set off sections of the wor- world, it's, it could land right next to Phoenix, I know. Arizona. I know. So here's what I was kind of thinking. What's that? Let's, let's maybe, cause I'm almost done with my second argument. Yeah. Yeah. I'm closing. So here's an idea that I was thinking through. So if I'm an environmental environmentalist group and I'm going to sue you, I'm going to try to stop you. I'm going to, you know, raise hell to try to stop you from opening up your brand new mine to yep. mine copper. Um, instead of trying to stop you, cause I do need your copper. I do need copper. Yep. I don't care who you are right now in America. You need copper. You need gold. You need iron. Why don't they say, Hey, um, we actually have another place that we have, mind it's better it's not near any populace it has a water source that's contained can you go explore this instead we've already bought the land we're going to sell it to you for a lower rate and now that's your area where you could do a mine it won't have as much as an environmental effect and we're kind of going to not going to give you all the troubles so almost have like a have so a section off part essentially kind of but these environmentalist groups they're essentially buying portions of land and then able to sell it at a discounted rate or something like that uh, to compete almost. I don't know. I feel like there's so, a, I don't know. Do I, I get where you're trying to go. Would they be But but that? the issue that I'm seeing is is because I almost feel like we started this podcast say, "Hey, we need to decrease the amount of barriers that way we actually see innovation." Yeah. And if all of a sudden we are whether it's my idea or your idea, there is a finite amount of land that is available for purchase. That way you get the environmentalist group off your ass, right? I feel like that is creating yet another barrier. That's true. You know, so I, I like where we're trying to go because we do realize that there are problems that it causes to nearby, nearby, uh, populations. populations. Thank you. You know so, what Wyoming did? What's that? So the governor of Wyoming, which I think he's brilliant. Uh, I don't know if he's still the governor, but as of last year, he was brilliant brilliant institution. So Wyoming has a lot of natural resources, very low population. So they deal with a lot they have of more cows than people actually. They do. Yeah. Okay. So they have a lot of natural resources. I think, um, they're one of the top producers of something, but anyways, um, what they did is they did it very, uh, advantageous to be a mining corporation in Wyoming. But what they required is, is that for every acre of land that you manipulate, you have to, um, Procreate, or I don't know the right word, uh, propagate, propagate 10 acres of land. So you essentially now are saying, hey, you're going to mine our land, which great. You're going to buy the land. You're going to mine it. Now, that is Wyoming land. It's it's natural. It's, it's public land. Mm-hmm. You're going to mine it. Great. Now, when you get that stuff out, you're going to go out and go find 10 acres of land that need a uh, service road. You need new trees. You're going to propagate it. It's like a cost, essentially. But you're essentially kind of fixing land for using land. What do you think about that? Wyoming, it's a, it actually is very, very popular in mining circle, from my understanding. I, I actually really like that simply because it's one of those things where the governor, you know, in, in your example, is clearly stating like, hey, I know you're about to screw up this one acre. Yeah. So your penalty yeah. or, or, you know, your payment back to me and my people is you're going to go make 10 times that better, better than what it is. Yeah. And you're, hey, we're going to need your copper. So we want you to make money. You're, it's a profitable exercise. I'd be curious what the actual <laughs> science says as far as if their footprint is then positive, neutral, or if it's still negative. Because oh, yeah, like the carbon know, footprint thing. Exactly. You know, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. I, I would like to know 
what the actual benefits are. Is that just something that briefs well and it looks great on a headline? Or is that something that actually did better? Yeah. Because what I want to know is why 10 acres? And I don't know if, if that was an actual stat. 10x sounds good, you know. I don't know if that was an actual data point. Hey, say, oh, yeah. hey, per acre, you're going to make 10 good. I don't know if you, it's I don't know if you one, just that I, No, I think it's 10 or 100. It's, it's on a scale of 10 to 100. So what I would like to know is, is the why the 10, why the 100? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what I feel like benefit myself and then other people that are willing to actually invite this type of conversation. Yep. Um, and then I would actually like to do a, you know, at five, 10 year increments, actually report, Hey, you know, it turns out that, you know, seven was actually our break even. So once you made it to 10 acres, you actually benefited the nearby populations, the air, et cetera. And you actually are a positive impact on not only our economy with producing jobs and obviously goods. Yeah. But you you did right as well by the land. Yeah, because that's how most mines sell sell their operation is jobs and of course the revenue to the local. Oh, it creates fantastic jobs too. I mean, jobs are double paying any other local job. They're dangerous. They're yeah. dangerous. So you get a lot of things. Well, you know the danger thing is actually interesting. It's dangerous if it's the, uh, the underground underground mines, yeah. but the the pit mines are not. As no, dangerous. no, I, I wouldn't feel like. No. But the pit mines are more harmful to the environment, though. Correct. They they are definitely eyesores. Yeah. So, but anyways, well, for, also to the air, I'd feel like too. You think? I don't know. I don't okay. know about the yeah. numbers on that one for real. Um, I feel like it's contained a little bit more underground. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You got to let the air out. I know. Otherwise, the workers down below are gonna. Huh? I yeah. don't know if pit yeah. mines are dangerous. I'll think about that one. Um, so here's one thing. So uh, I think a lot of environmentalists say, "Hey, we don't need mines." So what would be the alternative? Well, it would be perfect recycling. <laughs> yeah. Perfect recycling, right? Your smartphone, sorry, you're not going to need a smartphone every two years. You're not going to need one every year. You're going to have to somehow take everything out of there, smelt it all down, buy a new phone whenever you want one. That doesn't work, but let's just say there's a possibility. Utopia. We're getting to yes. Yes. So perfect recycling. Now, in our world right now, we have exactly the amount of smartphones. Most people don't have two smartphones. So what also Tell needs to Tell that to, to our stop? office. Yeah. What also needs to stop, though? Oh, excess. Mm, no. We also don't need more people. Okay. Because more people means that you need to have more resources. Yeah, I guess where I was going was excess. Is I believe we talked about this at a previous podcast. And, yeah. You know, excess. Most people, maybe, okay, maybe you do have two phones or whatever it is. But at a certain point, population growth will require more mining. Yeah. So to produce more goods to support the population. Bingo. So yeah. unless you have perfect recycling... And also a declining or plateaued population, you're going to have to mine. So I think, I think that's a good realization for a lot of people that unless we can get to a point of perfect recycling, meaning that there are no more homes built, right? Every home is given to your grandkids or your kids mm. or whatever it is. There is no more new phones. These cans we're reusing, we're not buying. So anything. we have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice the conveniences. Yes. That we've grown accustomed to using. Bingo. There are no and reduce, yeah. yes, and that um, would also stop the economy from ever growing again either. Too truly, right? Yeah. No, one hundred percent. It would it would halt innovation. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that it would uh, kill so many jobs. Oh yeah. So I'm just I'm just trying to talk about how you actually get there. That could, honestly probably could be the single most worst thing you could ever do for an economy or society is stop mining. Isn't that weird? If you, if you really think of the second and third order effects of what that would do from a job loss standpoint, from an innovation standpoint, oh, yeah. from a trade standpoint mm-hmm. with other nations, yeah. that's the single worst thing you could do. We would go back to an agricultural Th- no, society. No, 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 you wouldn't. Dude, think about the farm equipment. Oh, I meant horse and plow. Seriously, though. The plow, though. Where are you getting the metal for the plow? I guess yeah. you're doing hand plows. 
you know? That would be the worst thing you could ever do for yeah. a nation. It would for be a bad. world, actually. It would be bad. For the world. So um, we definitely don't want to do that. So say America says we're not going to do mining anymore. Do you think any other countries would take advantage of that situation? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, we're, we're, any of we're them screwed. That in an Ina? Uh, oh, it starts with a C? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They would definitely say, oh, I guess we're going to mine a lot more so we can sell more stuff. And now we're that much more dependent Bingo. on China. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I was just trying to get to yes. Like, how do we possibly stop mining? But, and but I don't think it's That's kind of what I was talking about during our second beer is I was like, hey, man, do I care about the environment? Bet your ass. You know, what you already alluded to, yeah. I want to take care of for my children, my children's children, like 100%. Center. But what we also have to, to realize is it's just not possible. No. We can gain some efficiencies. We can invest in different technologies, et cetera. But it's just not possible no. for us to just halt mining. That no, you you would cripple us, truly cripple. Yeah, no, you'd cripple us, and it's just not it's not a livable situation. Like I think there would actually be people dying. But, but you know what's funny is I don't think people want to live in that world. Oh, one hundred percent. We are spoiled, rotten. I mean, oh, you yeah. know that whole uh, oh first world problems. It, it's it's funny, one hundred percent real. But it, but it's real. Our problems in America are so small. Are are minuscule in comparison to Third unfortunately, you know, the the bottom one percent. Oh yeah, other countries. Yeah, where you are hoping that you get a first meal of the day, where you or you don't know where your next meals come from after you have that one if you're so lucky. Yeah. So I um mean, so it, I guess we're going to agree that we can't get rid of mining entirely. It's impossible to probably do. That. You just can't. Can't do it. Can't. So uh, like we've done in America, we have done some regulations, right? We have the EPA, we have the uh, U.S. Army Corps, uh, who, I guess, or Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah, ACE. Yeah. yeah. They do a great job in in determining, I guess, you know, uh, mining um, repercussions in certain areas. Um, so we have some regulations that are in place. You mentioned barriers to entry. Yep. Um, so I want to talk about one specific because I got a little actually sensitive on this one. Let's hear it. Which is interesting because I like, I like the idea of mining because I like products. I like stuff. To be honest, so I I understand that stuff has to come from somewhere, but this is the one that I was like, mm, this kind of hit a little deep. So in our uh, EPA uh, kind of rules and regulations for mining, um, one of the restrictions specifically around the Clean Water Act is that you cannot use natural lakes, streams, rivers, and wetlands as part of your mining operations. So a lot of companies will dam one of these things and then recall or, or essentially, you know, relabel that as a water treatment system. So they'll take a river, they'll put a dam on the end of one end of it, and then maybe move some of the water, you know, so that it you know, creates a secondary stream or river. But they'll dam up some of it. And once they dam it, they can relabel it as not a river anymore, but as a water treatment system as soon as they start using it to treat some of the runoff from the mine. Now, unfortunately, when you do this, the runoff of mercury and arsenic and things like that get into the water table. So it's kind of a, a bit of a loophole for some mines. And I was I was like, there has to be more to this. Like I, 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 and I couldn't find anything more on, this is actually a common practice. And I've actually seen it. I, I go out jeeping sure. a lot for all of our listeners, and yeah. I go to a lot of mines, and and they're just out in the middle of nowhere always. And I actually see always these kind of like um, 
uh, they call them like acid lakes, I think, but there are these water areas that are like essentially dammed off and they're weird colors, Mm -hmm. really, really weird colors. Like you can tell they're very heavy metals, like bright blue, bright orange. And, um, once the mine closes, that just kind of like either evaporates or it just moves into the water table. And so again, I have no idea. I'm not a scientist on how you do this. You do it a different way. But I was like, that might be one little thing where I'm like, Ugh, I'm a little sensitive of them putting heavy metals into the water. It seems like a, it seems like the the law was created to protect certain things, and they're taking advantage of a small loophole. loophole yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? It seems a little weird, right? Yeah, it does, man. Uh, you can't change a river into a different thing. I know. I'm sorry. I I know, but. I know. What do you do? What you know, you and I, we, you and I, Austin say, you know, you make rules, and all you, all you do is, you know, make me find, find a way around it, right? That's what rules are there for. I know. I know. So that's right. Can you blame them? I know. No, no, no. I can't. But I'm wondering, it, maybe the rule should change. But then again, I don't want mines to go away because we, we need them. We need them. So what we need though is some innovation there. How do we better capture that runoff in a efficient manner? And we're, of course, not smart enough to figure that stuff no, out. No, not Why even not? close, man. No, that is like... I promise you we wouldn't be doing a podcast if we were. <laughs> <laughs> we developed some type of patented device. We're just good enough to barely talk about it, you know? Yeah. But anyways, that was one that I got a little sensitive about. Can you kind of see that being a little bit of an issue? There? No, absolutely, man. Uh, it's. I, I, I want to give you some some way to... Think about it. Evolve okay. that, but I, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Okay. Uh, it's rough. Yeah, okay. So... Um, Water treatment. What else? What else? Anything else? So the, the air that really bothers me, man. Yeah, I actually didn't read up that much about air. So Dude, give it to me. With the open, the open pit mining. Okay. Or I'm sorry, I, I read it as open pit mining. What was the the first map? Uh, so it's obviously underground, and you called it something else. But on a lot of my research, it was called open pit mining. Yeah, I think the pit mining was the same word. Um, I forget the word that you described. Surface it. mining. Surface mining. Okay, yeah. yeah. So obviously, tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually one of the bigger problems. About open pit mining is all the dust and particles and different material that you're actually bringing from the earth out into the toxic, the toxins oh. that you're bringing out of the air. So that's actually a huge problem with open pit mining. So that actually is probably the one that's very sensitive to me in that, I mean, obviously that's, that's one of our basic needs of life, right? Um, and obviously you addressed another one with the water, but... Do those things come back down though pretty close to the mine? I, I don't know how far out they So go. as with a lot of different sources, now it was a .edu uh, site it was mit.edu um, so it's fairly reliable but as you know with a lot of these subjects that we've been researching there is some level of bias so yeah. valid point just given that these are you know heavier toxins likely they would fall back down but they were just really highlighting the the air pollution and open pit mining and, and a lot of its uh, shortcomings yeah because in Arizona for all of our listeners a reason that our sunsets are so beautiful a lot of people look at Arizona or Phoenix sunsets and they say, man, you guys have the best pinks, purples, oranges, reds in our sunsets. Mm-hmm. It's actually because of dust pollution because mm-hmm. we're, we're in a desert in a lot, for a lot of people. So we just have a lot of dust in the air from just wind, from natural occurrences, yeah. right? Duh. Being in the desert, yeah. Exactly. And so um, it, it creates a lot of reflections with light and we have beautiful sunsets. But I'm just wondering how much of that is just dirt? Like, like I don't know if I really care that much if a mine creates some dirt pollution. Like naturally, that happens. Now, if it's metals or like um, like asbestos or something so, like so, that. So, so it was it was very interesting because they were saying that it, asbestos was one of them, and then um, I'm trying to blink on the other, but it, it it was basically these substances that you know are being dug up from 
thousands and thousands and thousands of years of being underneath the ground and all of a sudden they're being released in the air. Mm. So, so that's really the, the main problem there. Okay. Um, now, granted, like I said, it did not go into that yeah. second paragraph that said, oh, don't worry, you know, after 20 minutes it settles. Yeah, I got or you. some of that effect. Well, so, yeah. Now here, you know, to, to that point, though, that's kind of a weird one. I think one of the um, most profitable diamond mines is up in the Arctic Circle for Canada. Okay. It's a diamond mine. And do they just not have to worry about any of the regulations up there? Or? Well, Canada's got pretty lax uh, mining regulations. It's like their number one export is mining. So they have a pretty, you know, everyone, I think it's like timber and then mining or something like that. But anyways, so anyways, in the Arctic Circle, the reason they're doing it there is that there's diamonds there and they're going to start digging. Diamonds, of course, are highly profitable but it's interesting is is that um they are uh oh man i don't know where i was going it's up in the arctic circle oh they're in the permafrost oh okay and oh yeah all the different toxins that are being released in the permafrost not toxins viruses and bacteria from ten thousand oh, years shoot ago. And, and so, then I'm obviously getting the water, which would flow down from the oceans. And mm-hmm. so that's something that I think some people are starting. Not not the normal environmentalists that normally talk about, like you know, land manipulation. These are like um, uh, virologists and, and people that study like um, you know diseases. They're like, hey, uh, there could be some issues here. Like there are some diseases that you know kill dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, and and viruses don't die. Like they just get frozen. And wow. S- and so they could be getting pulled out of the permafrost and thawed out. And all of a sudden now it's, you know, it could be harmful. It may not be harmful. Like I'm not saying it's harmful or not, but it's still something that is a unknown. That's an interesting one, right? Yeah, man. I'm just trying to think like. Imagine like the bluponic plague or something like that, you know, but like a dinosaur type. I, say, I don't even know if it's something that we've even heard of because it's obviously before modern medicine or, you know. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. Yeah, so I didn't even think about that yeah. as far as because they're mining in glaciers, they're mining in ice, like permafrost, which is just like essentially frozen dirt. That's what that is. You know what's really interesting is, is we talked about this earlier. Is the process of mining? It's not just uh, you know someone with a metal detector, you know, on a beach, right? <laughs> it, it, it's truly you're you're taking thousands, depending on the size of your company, of course, thousands of samples, whether it's yeah. gold or my uh, diamonds, etc. I mean, you feel yeah. them like whatever you're mining. You're taking thousands of samples to try to find that that pit, if yeah. you will, right? Or vein, I think it's called. Or vein, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Um, who thought? I was like, hey, the Arctic Circle. Yep. I'm just going to go play up there. Like, that well, was- that's what happened. So this is where I'm getting to the point. That's why I was trying to allude earlier when you said, like, we need to section off areas. If there are going way up there to dig holes, you know, to do the, uh, the, the uh, sampling. Sampling, yeah. You know they're running out of spots you know that they're trying out a lot of different areas. So mining already is probably a very, like, risky business endeavor. But also, we did talk about the cost associated with it. Something tells me land up there is probably cheap. Is probably pennies on the dollar. Yeah, so they're probably, you're right, they're probably starting in areas that are somewhat cheap already. I'd be curious to see if the companies up there are established companies or startup without the capital to actually be in a, That's a quote unquote, I'd be curious to actually look at the the companies that are mining up there. So I read um, about a company here in Arizona, copper mine. So in Arizona, we have a lot of copper mines. We're known for that. Um, there's a company that recently is is almost there. They're they're almost like 100% stamped and going to start shoveling dirt. Okay. Twelve years they've been trying. What? 
Oh yeah, dude, that's that's a normal time to get in mine going. So is that just the time to get all the different uh, licenses or oh, permissions that's after or you get sued by twenty two different you know environmentalist agencies for not crossing a couple of t's and dotting an i? No, these are just normal people that are like part of those in, uh, non government NGOs. NGOs. Those and nonprofits, they'll sue the crap out of you to even touch a piece of dirt. Okay. You have to get your EPA stamp. You have to get your uh, Army Corps of Engineers stamp. You have to have like five different stamps. And the paperwork process is like two, three years because they're government agencies, of course. Oh, yeah. So, dude, if you find that gold or that copper through that mining core and you say, this is where we're going to dig a hole, guarantee it's going to take 10 years so you can start putting a, a hole in the ground. And you're already trying to get capital raised. You might already have money. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to think like no, from an investor standpoint, hey, I need you. I need a million bucks. All right, cool. What's my rate of return? Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, won't be able to make you a payment for a decade. What? Oh, no, no. Yeah, mining, dude. Especially in the U.S. That, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we okay. haven't really. I didn't come across that in my research as oh, far as the time. Yeah. So this is one of the risks of a mine because at the end of this, you may never get your stamp. But you went through all and that the, investor may never get a return. Well, you never really put a big money down yet because all the equipment and stuff. But you did went through all the legal processes, which just cost money, you know. And so there is a, a, a very unlikelihood of getting your stamp. But anyways, wow. So these guys are at 12 years. They haven't gotten it yet. They're expecting it in two years. So a total of 14 years. Jeez. That's their goal. 14 years to start your, your mining operation. That's a goal. That's crazy, right? But 12 years, that's where they're at right now. Um, one of the things that they were dealing with is, um, man, you got me off topic. Oh, uh, shoot. I'm sorry. No, no worries. So 12 years mines, yeah. going through investors, copper mines were known for it here in Arizona. Yeah. So when he's, it's a Canadian company. They're the ones actually investing in the project. They want to do the copper mine here. Um, but one of the biggest things that they were dealing with is that the water table, may be affected for Tucson residents. So now they're kind of going through and having to justify themselves. I don't know where I was really going, to be honest. Yeah, that was a heck of a save, though. Well, because you got me on the... You you started freaking out about the investors and the 10-year thing. So I wanted to... Yeah, I was just trying to think, like, how in the heck you go about raising money? Yeah. That's wild to me. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Damn, sorry you got you off track. Off track to there. I didn't uh, didn't intend to do that. No, not at all. Not at all. No. Um, okay, well, guys. Well, then, so like, uh, just to kind of wrap up, I mean, yeah. kind of a, it's one of those things where, guys, I think this is just a necessary evil. I think we can make improvements. I think yeah. we can maybe lower some of the barriers to where it doesn't take over a decade to actually dig a hole. Um, you know, we, we still need to do our due diligence. You know, the, the EPA and other government organizations that, that you know, yeah. need to govern this. I, I, because I don't think you just let people, Run you know, wild, wild, wild west it. Because I, I do think it's very, very... Dangerous. Toxic, yeah. Toxic, thank you. Um, but I, I do think we need to figure out a way to lower some of these regulations and create more competition. Therefore, you know, we kind of almost race to zero, if you will, and gain some efficiencies there by, you know, investing in different technologies. Um, all that is to say, I, I, I don't think we have a, a legitimate conclusion here. I, I think we can definitely see both sides because the environmentalists do have a fantastic point. Yeah, They're, they're truly trying to look out for our children's children. But then obviously the people that are very pro mining are looking out for the innovation uh, by, by the actual physical creation of goods. For a way of life. Physical creation of goods. Yeah. That's what I meant by innovation. Yeah. I'm um, not necessarily in their industry. So right now, reluctantly, as lame as this sounds, I feel like this is a necessary evil. 
Yeah. But I do feel like there are efficiencies to be eventually gained. Yeah, and there could be some type of incentive for uh, maybe the miners that um, that do have innovation. So I don't I don't know if there's you know like Tesla would not exist without some type of government incentive. So I don't know if there's any type of incentive programs for miners to figure out ways to use less water, to have cleaner water when they leave their mining operation. But that could be a great way to kind of incentivize and say, hey, guess what? We're gonna penalize that guy when he shuts his mine down because he's been doing kind of the normal way of doing it, but. We get it. It's going to cost you more money now. Almost. We streamline that 14-year process. Maybe yeah. we make it seven. Yeah. If you prove Bingo. that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z lead to air pollution reduction, yeah. deforestation reduction, water pollution reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if, if you can prove yep. through your technology, through your practices, that you're going to do that, then... Hey, that's how we incentivize you. Yeah, I think I think you incentivize them with time, and then maybe some type of uh, maybe a, a lesser fee for getting the stamps okay. or yeah, whatever. I'm okay you with know? that. Like, hey, so we, we what we'd have to do is almost codify what the normal footprint yeah. is of a mine versus what you're proposing yours would be, Bingo. and then of course if you don't meet that, because let's say you just fudge some numbers and on some pieces of paper, then you, if you don't meet that, then you get the hammer. Oh yeah. 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 Like, hey, you know what? The normal mine of your guys' size and and you know worth is going to be say a, a thousand acres. But you're going to do it in 800, and you're also going to have, you know, a third less water use. Cool. We'll do it in five years. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be our, our path to resolution there. We just need to figure out a way to streamline the approval process from the different government organizations in order to As incentivize to incentivize these new up-and-comers to invest in different technologies, maybe footprint reduction, Yeah. both physical and, and of course, you know, from an air, land, water like standpoint. That. Yeah. I like that. I actually like that conclusion. Okay, everybody, really kind of neat. Honestly, if you're anything into, uh, um, you know, the I guess the earth, really. Like, if you're into the earth at all or any product, <laughs> mining is relative. Um, take a quick research on it. I, I actually went down the rabbit hole, like I said. It was weird, yeah. And I uh, didn't think I'd enjoy it, honestly. Yeah, it seemed like something that wouldn't be enjoyable, but I put it on the list for us because I knew how important it was. I just didn't know the scope of it. So yeah. take a quick research. I'm actually going to put a, a couple of links for everybody. Oh, yeah, our different sources? Yeah, for our sources on this one, because I think this one's just a, a fun one to research on your own. So um, you guys all have a great rest of your day. Hey, uh, also, uh, we're trying to grow our Instagram following here, so please you know, give us a follow at, uh, at Six Pack Discussions. And uh, we, we try to share different... Different, you know, fun little Cody and I recording, you know, different beers, et cetera. Just, you know, give us a follow. 